Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, first up today, I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Colburn. He's an expert in something called self-management, a former associate professor at the management of Ashland University. Michael's book, Own Your Job, Five Tools for Self-Management and Accountability in the Workplace, is available on Amazon. And he joins me now. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm just fine, Bobby. Nice to talk to you. Now, I read all the details of your book, and I want to talk about, you know, you talk about building a culture of self-management, accountability, which will enable businesses to attract and retain high performers. So that's sort of the premise I'd like to talk to you about today. So if we talk about, you know, companies, you know, it's all about salaries, benefits, special perks. But you say it's about much more than that, that your job needs to be an enriching experience. Can you explain that to me? Sure. I'm not against uh, giving people good perks and salaries and things like that, but that only gets them in the door. If if you want to retain them, um, people really, by and large, want want the job to be enriching. In other words, to go home and, and knowing that they actually did something that made a difference. And, and I find that's, that's true with the vast majority of people. I actually did some research on that and used a, a, a job diagnostic survey, not developed by me, but by somebody else. And I found out that those people who did better uh, in self-management, goal setting and time management, uh, had three characteristics of their job that was extremely important. One of them was task significance. And basically what that means, Bobby, is... I'm really doing something that matters. You know, mm. I'm having an impact. And also, quite frankly, you're having fun. To me, if you're not having fun in your job, you know, what a waste of time. Yeah. And so that's the first characteristic. The next one is people want a reasonable level of autonomy. Uh, now, you're, no one's going to have full autonomy, but a reasonable level that you can make choices, particularly about how you do your work. You don't want to have someone looking over your shoulder all the time. And then the third thing is you really like to have what you call, we call natural feedback. And what I mean by natural feedback is you get feedback on your performance, not by someone telling you that, but by experiencing feedback as you do it. And then the fourth thing is, is internal growth need. People who have a need for creativity and enrichment in their job uh, really desire jobs that gives them that opportunity. And when those characteristics are uh, present, uh, people have fun with their job, enjoy their job, and they're more likely to stay with a company that allows them to do yeah. that sort of thing. I, I totally agree with all that. Just going back to autonomy there, you hear the word empowerment bandied around a lot. Is yeah. that a word that's misused? Because it does imply that, you know, somebody higher up the chain is really controlling, you know, what you are allowed to do or not do. I agree with that completely. That that that's a that's a a, a word I tr- I try not to use very much. Yeah. Fact, when I wrote my book, uh, the fr- I was between two words uh, phrases, and I picked the one "own your job," but the other uh, phrase I was really considering was "claim your power," and and claim your power starts with the realization that you have it yourself, you know, and you don't need permission. And I've yeah. worked with some organizations, and I've had some great bosses, and I've had some that's been not so great. But I found out that I can—I'm not going to let my boss affect 
my performance, you know, one way yeah. or the other, that I'm going to perform uh, high just because I want to do it. And so I don't need to be empowered. I just need to claim my power. Michael, can we look at some of the tools then around self-management and accountability? Um, you gave five key points, and I'll maybe read them out because I thought they were I thought they were very powerful. Yes. The first one was I work for the customer. The second one was I manage my own performance. The third one was my boss and I are partners in this performance. I'm loyal to the truth, number four. And number five, I'm a lifelong learner. And I thought, looking at those five together, that I could really see that if everybody bought into those five points, i.e. the people that you reported to and the people who reported to you, that you really could get something quite significant at play. Absolutely. Uh, those are the things that, those are the beliefs that we have. And when people have these beliefs, then I've, I have found it very open to taking charge of their own job uh, themselves. And interesting, Bobby, when I first started doing this, I actually, uh, the tools that I show individuals to do were really the tools I used to show organizations to do to build strong relationships with our customers, you know, and, and yeah. so uh, one of the tools I think we mentioned is a performance agreement and a performance agreement is a lot different than a job description. You know, job description is what the HR department gives you saying, this is what your job is. And I found that, that uh, people really can be proactive and take ownership of the job if it builds on their strengths and also if they're doing things that really matter to their internal customers as well as their external customers. So, so I have people go out, interview their internal customers. And the yeah. boss really is just one person, but they might be their teammates. There might be another department in which you're providing services to. And, and these are the questions that I find that are critical questions. One of the things about the performance agreement as you say about it, that I liked about it was that it's a partnership. And when it's a partnership between a boss and employee, you know, you have to discuss the ground rules. You have to see who's bringing what. So it, it almost forces positive discussion. You know, we'll do this together. You do this and I do that. And together we will agree. We'll agree the performance. That's that's absolutely right, and I find that when we, when we do that sort of thing, you really find this collegial relationship that that's developing, and and what I I find is in communication with the boss is it's important for the job holder to take the lead in these meetings. So I'll come in and let's say I'm reporting to you, Bobby, and two weeks ago we talked about some things I was going to achieve in the ne in the following two weeks. I come into you and says, okay, Bobby, here's what I did. Here's what I committed. Here's what I did. Here's what happened. Here are some shortfalls. And if I do that, if I take ownership of that, then you are not the deliverer of either good or bad news. You're now, I put you in a coaching position where you can help me maybe with some of the shortfalls and also to, to also to see some of my strengths uh, for future assignments. That changes the nature of the relationship between the boss and subordinate so much. Yeah. What about uh, when you look at, I suppose, the different types of jobs and roles that are out there, like they're so varied. Is everybody capable of self-management and accountability? I think uh, the vast majority of people are 
are capable of, of greater self-management and accountability. But quite frankly, some of them might be in a job which does not give them a lot of, of um, uh, autonomy uh, or might mean a job that really builds to their strengths. So when I start working with a company or individuals, I, I have them, I do an assessment of their job because I found out that the job itself, the nature of the job has an impact on their ability to, to self-manage. And also there's some people that uh, are in a position in their life that where uh, things outside of the job is, are more important. Uh, and so those people, I encourage the organization to help them take one step at a time. Don't try to use all five tools at once and help yeah. them to grow into it. And what do you put down then to the, I suppose, how would you describe maybe the strategic value of greater self-management and accountability of, of bringing that into an organization? Yes. You know, uh, in my consulting work, although I was a professor, but I spend most of my time working. I'm an engineer by background, an industrial engineer. And uh, I went out on my own and I started working with a lot of which uh, of companies that were closely held. And so you would have an entrepreneur who started the company and and they very often after they get past the survival stage, they find out that they're having a hard time making helping the company grow. And because they are the hard workers, they, they're in the middle of everything. And I find that, that organizations to grow have to develop leadership all the way throughout the organization. And, and to me, the biggest strategic benefit to an organization by using these tools is the fact that they can grow from the bottom up and the middle out and, and not depend only on the executives at the top. And that really is a, a, a distinctive advantage a company, particularly who wants to go into the growth stage. Uh, uh, and it's a, it's a great advantage for them to have. Yeah. Uh, finally, then, uh, Michael, you talked about seven ways to make sure your boss thinks you're doing a good job. Bearing in mind that we earlier talked about, I work for the customer. So is there a bit of a dichotomy there between working for the customer and then having these seven ways to make sure that your boss thinks you're doing a great job? Well, first thing, uh, except for a, a few cases like administrative assistant, the boss is not your customer. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the customer, you and the boss work for the customer. And, and I find that, that uh, the, uh, when you have that understanding, then your customer is a whole variety of people, both internal and external to your organization. And, and these communications that the boss and the, the job holder have are, n- are now focused on externally to their customer and not just on their own uh, on, on their own relationship. I'm not sure if I answered that particular question for you. No, you did, I think. But let's go back then to the seven ways uh, to make sure your boss thinks that you're doing a great job. And I, I think this is, you know, a couple of things within that. If you, if you know what your boss's priorities are, that that's a good starting point, right? And then you you try to communicate the way he or she does. You toot your own horn. You know, you go to lunch occasionally. Right. You seek new responsibilities and challenges. I thought these were all very, really, really positive tips. You know, when you look at them, because they're they're very constructive, and you you know you're not really playing a game, but you're playing to the personality and the traits of your boss. 
That's that right. fair enough to say? Uh, exactly fair enough to say. One thing I found that I teach people to do is determine how their boss likes to receive information. You know, I've had bosses that likes a lot of details. They might be an engineer like me and they want to have a lot of details. Other ones want broad uh, swashes of information. And so in the initial meetings, when we have this, one of the tools, which I call the priority feedback system, it's, it's the, uh, the, it's the job of my job as job holder. So I'm reporting you, Bobby, I'm going to ask you, so Bobby, how do you like to get information for me? You know, uh, I might even ask you a question like, um, when, when you're not doing exactly what you said you were going to do, how do you want me to say, talk to you about that? You know, so yeah. we, have, we have all these discussions ahead of time before a problem hits. And so at that point there, then when we get into problems, we are now are going to focus forward on performance and, and instead of just uh, blame finding and looking at, at, at the past. Well, look, it's a fascinating book. Own Your Job, Five Tools for Self-Management and Accountability in the Workplace. Uh, the author is Michael Colburn, and uh, he is a man with Tipperary and Kilkenny connections, so I knew he was going to be a great talker. So thank you for that, Michael. Oh, Bobby, it's been, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I'm looking forward to get back over Ireland. I've been there twice, and I always visit my relatives in uh, Clonamacog in, in the County Tipperary, and they're just beautiful people over there. I just love it. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today, Michael, and we wish you well, and we'll talk to you again soon. You betcha. Thank you very much, Bobby. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.